Welcome to the As You Go Women's Ministry Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Community Church Podcast Network, where you can find other great podcasts like Making History, Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, and more. Welcome to Episode 7 of As You Go. This is a podcast meant to encourage and disciple women who are daily trying to follow Jesus while balancing all the things in their lives like work, family, friendships, mental, and physical health. I'm Lily, and I'm hosting today alongside Kathy, and today we have a really exciting guest. We have Beth McCord. She is the founder of Your Enneagram Coach, and she's an Enneagram speaker, coach, and teacher. And so, Beth, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your family, and your ministry. Yeah, so I actually live just down the road from here in College Grove. Um, we've been in the Nashville area for the last seven years. I grew up in Kansas City or just outside of Kansas City. Uh, got married to my husband when I was 20. Had both my kids at 25. Whoa, young. And now at the ripe old age of 46, I'm an empty nester Ooh, and so nice. living our best life. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, you're, you had kids young too, right? I did. Yeah. I, I am actually 46 mm-hmm. and just about to be an empty nester as yes. well. You so. guys did it right. Because see, I'm about to turn 40 and I have a two-year-old. Right. Yes. So like, what <laughs> yes. am I doing? Well, I mean, there's positives oh. on both sides. I mean, you know, when you get... Uh, kids, when you're really young, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a kid myself, you know. Um, but yeah, it is pretty fun having adult kids at a young age. And Jeff and I kind of just get to play and have fun. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, does so your husband, Jeff, mm-hmm. um, tell us what, what role he kind of plays um, in ministry together with you. Yeah. So uh, Jeff, when we got married, he wanted to go into the ministry. So he ended up going to... Um, Covenant Theological Seminary for a four-year MDiv degree, and we went into the pastorate after that. So that was about 19, I mean, 2005. Um, And then from there, he became just different assistant pastors along the way, and and then eventually an executive pastor. Um, And after he was the executive pastor, around 2016 is when I started Your Enneagram Coach. And that's when, um, and I think the fall of 2016 is when The Road Back to You came out by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And it just kind of took off like wildfire mm-hmm. in the Christian community. So we had already started building Your Enneagram Coach up to that point. And so probably about a year later, or let's see, a year and a half, two years later, we were just so busy that I was like, I really need your skills here at your Enneagram coach. So uh, by God's grace, he was able to come full time with us. And so he really is the CEO of your Enneagram coach. So he kind of sees over the business and strategy and all those things. I dabble in that, but I'm mainly the content creator. Um, So I'm more writing books and developing all kind of the new ways of thinking about the Enneagram, but we actually tag team. Um, He also brings the theological perspective. So when I started learning about the Enneagram back in 2001, there was really no one in the space that saw it from a gospel-centered perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would read some books and I could see the truth that was Mm -hmm. there. Um, And all truth is God's truth. But the way it was worded, it was like, this isn't how we see it from a Christian perspective. And it was so nice because I'd be reading stuff and like, okay, Jeff, so here's what they're saying, but how do we see it from a biblical perspective? worldview. And he's like, oh, and he would nuance it and we'd talk about it. And so over like 15 years, we just kept doing that with different parts of the Enneagram to the place where when we started Your Enneagram Coach, we had so much um, 
kind of a base knowledge of the Enneagram from this Christian perspective that we are able to really teach people in this way. So we've developed online courses, books, mm-hmm. we speak on it, we help marriages, individuals, businesses mm-hmm. to understand how to know themselves, not just to know yourself. Cause you know, just because you have information doesn't mean you're going to have transformation. Mm-hmm. So you actually have to put it to work. But you, even if we just put it to work in our own strength, it's just not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's where we have to lean on the transformative power of the gospel. And so for us, we're constantly using this tool to bring clarity and awareness to our heart, whether we're aligned or misaligned with the truth of the gospel, not to bring shame and self-condemnation and fear. It's actually the opposite. We're wanting to help people to see, yes, we do have these faults and frailties and sins, but it's all to point back to the freedom and the unconditional love and the forgiveness we have in Christ. Mm. And that's where transformation lies. Amen. Yeah. I, don't like I think preaching. I really, I love following you because, because of that, because of that gospel center perspective that you give on the Enneagram. It's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite things about following mm-hmm. you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for our listeners who are like, okay, this, what, what's the Enneagram? <laughs> right, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what are we talking about here today? Yes. Can you, can you just kind of give an overview of what the Enneagram is? Yeah. Well, actually it's funny that you say any of what? Actually we have a website. <laughs> Any of what? Oh, oh, really? Really? <laughs> dot com. <laughs> because people are saying that. Like, yeah. any of what? What yeah. is this anything that people are talking about? And so we developed uh, four short videos, mm-hmm. about five minutes each, for people to kind of dip their toes into this world of the Enneagram so that they can hear it more in a simple, clear way that's not overwhelming. So that's a great place for people to really start. Or by going to your Enneagramcoach.com, we have a free assessment that helps them to find their main type. So kind of to back up, what is the Enneagram? Mm -hmm. Enneagram, the word comes from, um, it's a Greek word. Ennea means nine and gram means a drawing or diagram. And when people see the symbol, it looks like a nine pointed star. And each of those points represents nine basic personality types or nine ways of seeing, interpreting, and reacting to the world. So think of it as like sunglasses that have different colors. You know, each of us right here have different personalities from the Enneagram. And it's like, I'm wearing purple, you're wearing yellow, you're wearing green. And we think we all see the world the same way and perceive it and react to it the same way, or at least we think we should. And then when we don't, we get like annoyed, frustrated, hurt, you know, all the things. Um, but when you understand how the Enneagram works, you're like, oh, we're seeing it from a totally different perspective. And that's why we react in a different way. Um, so basically to come down, to boil down to it is the Enneagram is like an internal GPS. You have your current location, which is like your main Enneagram type, and you have a healthiest destination. So what is the healthiest way for you to live out your life? And we know that to be being like Christ, but God created us to be unique, right? The body of Christ. So we're not all supposed to be just alike. We're supposed to be in the way that God designed us to be. So as a type nine, then they, they go from one to nine. For me as a type nine, God created me to be a nine and to reflect him through that nineness qualities that I have. So there's a healthiest way to do that, but we're still on the side of heaven. So we're still going to deal with a world tainted with sin. So what happens is just like we're driving down the road and we have, we're trying to head to that healthiest destination. We forget, we fall asleep, we veer off course, we get distracted and we fall into these common pitfalls. And usually that's where people get really frustrated with life. I know as a pastor's wife for years, I kept wondering, why do I keep doing these same things, the same things? Like, am I not Mm. learning? Is there any sanctification? And then a flood of shame and self-condemnation comes over me, which only makes things worse. 
And it was about this time I was really into the Enneagram and realizing, oh, as a type nine, I am going to veer off course in very similar patterns for the rest of my life. Like I have certain defensive mechanisms, certain ways of thinking that when I'm not doing well, I'm going to go in these certain patterns. So what if I use that as a wake-up call, as an alert system? So kind of like when you're on the highway and we have that rumble strip on the side of the road, that when we get distracted, it kind of like lets you know, hey, if you keep heading in that direction, you're going to fall into the ditch. So it gives us the ability to course correct. And that's really how we see the Enneagram. The Enneagram is just this alert system or brings clarity and awareness of what's going on in our heart. Is our heart aligned with the truth of the gospel, meaning we're heading in that healthy direction that God has created us to go, or are we veering off course in a misaligned way and forgetting who we are in Christ because we're already beloved, cherished, free, forgiven, all those things in Christ, that's already true. The victory has been won, but when we wander off and forget, it's going to cause a lot of chaos and mayhem. So we want to use the Enneagram to alert us that we're wandering off and to get us back on track, not in our own strength, but coming back by surrendering, depending on what has already been accomplished for us mm-hmm. and letting the Holy Spirit enable our mind and our heart to come back to him. Mm-hmm. So for the, I mean, I don't even know how many years Enneagram has been a topic of conversation mm-hmm. um, wherever you go. And there's a lot of, you know, I'm a this, she's a that, yeah. he's a this, he's a that. Um, what are ways that we can use the Enneagram in a not so productive way and, yes. and actually a harmful way? And then what are ways that we can use it in a fruitful, God glorifying way? Yeah. So when people are trying to, I'll just kind of backtrack so I can get to the point. Uh, so for people to find their main type, there are free assessments out there. We have one at your but we really want them to find the core motivations that are the driving force in your type. Because The Enneagram is all about why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. So it's not about your behaviors, because we all can actually do similar things, but from totally different viewpoints. Um, So, you know, we have a five here and a three here and a nine here. We all may like to have a perfectly clean, pristine home. Let's just say we all do, but we're going to want it for different reasons. The nine is going to want a perfectly clean home because it brings peace. It brings um, a sense of like, oh, I can just rest. There's nothing kind of nagging at me to do because nines are looking for peace and harmony and stability and all those kinds of things. The three is looking for a perfectly clean home because it shows their image. They're, well, I, I want people to see that I'm putting my best foot forward, that I've accomplished something really well. And the fives might want a perfectly clean home because it allows them to get to their resources much more quickly instead of feeling like, do I have what I need right now? They can see it very clearly. Now, again, not every type Mm -hmm. truly wants a clean home, but that gives you an understanding that you can want and do the same thing, but for different motivations. Mm -hmm. So when you try to find your type, you want to look at the core motivations of those types. And by doing that, it's going to be really helpful when you start to see how everyone else is interacting and why. The reason why I bring that up is because it helps us to navigate against um, unhealthy patterns of using the Enneagram. So often what I find, unfortunately, is that people see it as a party game, you know, something kind of fun, lighthearted, but it's actually a tool for transformation. And because it's getting to the core of who you are, it's really exposing. 
Um, and so it's going to show the highs of your personality, the, the wonderful attributes, the way we glorify God and reflect him. But it's also going to show the not so great parts as well. And a lot of times it's really hard when it's so um, out there and everyone feels like, you know, you just feel like, everyone sees me you know it's like exposed right I'm exposed for the real stuff that's going on so a lot of people will poke fun or tease or trying to make light of it and at times that can be okay if it's truly everyone agrees that this is a lighthearted thing but it can easily slip into a very painful and hurtful process and sometimes people are just outright mean like oh you're being such a two or oh I can't believe you're being an eight again you know all of those things so we want to not use the Enneagram as a sword or a shield Mm -hmm. so we don't want to use it as a sword where we're nitpicky we're judging we're criticizing or we're just making fun or thinking we're being lighthearted, but it's really hurting someone. So we don't want to use it in that way towards others or even ourselves. But we also don't want to use it as a shield. Like, well, guys, I'm a type nine. Sometimes I procrastinate and I just want to chill out. So you're just going to have to deal with it. Because the gospel is all about transforming into the likeness of Christ. It's not about just kind of succumbing to our weaknesses and frailties and saying everyone else has to deal with it. No, it's the opposite. And really, growth in our type is super uncomfortable and hard, but yet so beautiful and rich and meaningful. And the Enneagram is going to show us that path to growth. And really, it's when we surrender to Christ and the Holy Spirit that he enables us to go there. It's still not going to be like, oh, this is great. This is fun. At the same time, it's beautiful and it's rich and meaningful. So what we want to do with the Enneagram, instead of using it as a sword and a shield, we want to use it as an encouragement to one another, where we see God's glory as the body of Christ. You know, they're all different members. And we want to honor the head, the heart, the hand, the foot. And so each of these personality types, when they can come together in unity, it just is such a beautiful process. Mm -hmm. But we can only do that if we use it rightly. Mm -hmm. I love that visual of not using it as a sword or a shield, but um, that's awesome. So one of our desires for this podcast is for us to grow in our relationship with the Lord and to love others well. Mm -hmm. So how can the Enneagram be a tool to help us do that? Oh, yeah, it's this is one of the most powerful resources. Mm-hmm. Um, what it's doing is it's really, again, shining a light on the core motivations. Mm-hmm. So if you're working with a coworker or let's say you're out uh, to dinner with a friend or your spouse or your kid, what you need to realize is you're not seeing, interpreting and reacting to the world in the same way. So you're seeing it from different lenses. And it takes a long time to one, first realize that, second, to then know what where they're coming from. Like then you have to kind of understand the types well enough to know, oh, okay, well, I'm hanging out with Sue right now and she's an eight and then tomorrow I'll be with Becky and she's a three. And so you kind of have to know a little bit about the types to understand. Like, so basically putting on their classes, Mm -hmm. seeing the world through their lens and how do I love them well? How do, how do I um, come to them in a tender, compassionate way. Because a lot of times we're trying to quote unquote, love people the way we want to be loved. Mm -hmm. And we think it's so clear, like, (laughs) this is how you do it, you know? And the other types are like, no, it's like this. Like I was just on a call with um, a bunch of eights and they're the, um, passionate protectors Mm -hmm. and they just, they do not want to be betrayed and harmed and controlled and blindsided. So, For them, it's important that you speak truth and you speak it directly and bluntly. Hmm. Well, as a type nine, as the peaceful accommodator, I don't want that because Mm -hmm. that feels too harsh. It feels like tension. It feels like conflict. And so 
here they're, they think they're giving me the best by being blunt and honest because it says to them, hey, I'm not betraying you. Mm-hmm. I'm being honest. You don't have to worry. I'll protect you. And I'm thinking, this really hurts, you know. Mm-hmm. But then if I do the opposite and I'm trying to be all kind and placating and gentle, they might sit there and think, what's going on? You know, are you really being honest here? You know, so mm-hmm. they're kind of starting to feel like, so it, it doesn't feel like love to them if I'm kind of skirting the issue or being too nice mm-hmm. to not hurt feelings. So when we understand these things, we can then come to that person in a way that meets them there. doesn't necessarily mean I have to become a whole different person. But when I'm talking to an eight, I realize, oh, they really want me to just be very upfront and very uh, forthcoming. Now, as a nine, that's not going to look like an eight, but I can, so I'm just going to be a lot more soft and gentle with how I speak, but I can definitely do it in a way that meets them where they need. And so my communication style can change a little bit, um, how I interact with them. And that's where it can be a really powerful thing, because if I know their core motivations, what their fear is, their desires, their weakness, and their longing, I can then meet them there Mm -hmm. and give that to them versus trying to appease them the way I'd want. And that's a huge benefit in relationships. Okay, so talking on that, Kathy is a five-wing four. I'm a three. I don't actually really know which wing I am. I I feel like I lean both ways. Um, So how can we use that knowledge of what we are to help grow in our relationship with each other? Yeah. So we have a thing, or we have a course, actually, 45 of them. (laughs) 45 courses? Yes. That's awesome. So it's called Becoming Us. We have a book called Becoming Us, and it's um, creating a thriving gospel-centered marriage Mm -hmm. while using the Enneagram. and the, the book is amazing. If you go to the back, it has this roadmap to all nine types mm-hmm. of, you know, their communication style, what sets them off in conflict, how to love them well, all these kind of like nice bullet points for you. Um, but it doesn't have what the course has, which is the dance. And the dance mm-hmm. in Becoming Us is all about two Enneagram types and what they're like together mm-hmm. when they're misaligned and when they're aligned with the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And how you can see it is through the diagram, which is an infinity loop. So in the infinity loop inside, so there's the the two loops are the two people. So you as a five and you as a three inside are your core motivations. Mm -hmm. When your core motivation as a five gets activated, you are going to, that's your heart. That's kind of the bottom of your infinity loop. You get activated. And then on the top of that loop is your behavior, what you do outwardly. And then that, if it's misaligned, can then land on the type three for Lily, mm-hmm. and it hits her core motivations in a very particular way, and then her behavior comes out. So for instance, as a type five, the type fives can feel that they don't have enough knowledge to do. So they're going to pull back and try to gain a lot of information, and they're feeling as if, but we're not ready, we're not ready. And the three is like, uh, we still have to produce, like this has to happen, you know? And for the three, it's the fear of being exposed as a failure and incompetent and incapable. Now, both kind of have those as the underlying thing, but the three is like, but we have to show something. We have to look like we're stellar. And the five's like, but I know I don't have enough information, which is kind of funny because they actually have a ton of knowledge and information, but they don't feel like it. Mm. So the misaligned dance is where the five is feeling insecure that they don't have enough information. So they're going to withdraw, pull back, and try to gain more information. And this can take a very long time. 
which is not okay for the three because the three wants to go fast and furious and get it done. And so the three's kind of sitting here like snapping their fingers and the five's like, ugh. So then they want to pull back more and you can see how this dance can go around and around. But when we bring in a gospel-centered perspective and align our heart with the truth, mm -hmm. the five can, can know, you know what? I am not going to know everything but God has given me enough wisdom for right now. If he wanted me to know all about this subject to get ready for this podcast, he would have given it to me. But today he gave me this amount of knowledge. And though I don't feel necessarily capable like I'd like to, I'm going to trust him and I'm going to move forward with what I have and just see what he does. Now, that's scary for the five, but it also uh, represents faith you know, in God. And so then with the three, if the three sees this new kind of way of being, it's like, oh, she's willing to get out there and to do this. And it settles the three's heart and like, oh, well, I can see she's still kind of, you know, fearful. And when I say fearful, it's more of a, I don't have enough information. So she's still, but she's operating out of this fear. That's really encouraging. So you feel encouraged. You guys are tackling it together. And this is where the align dance can be so powerful. Hmm. Does this help? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Even as you're sitting here talking about threes, I'm like, I can feel my face getting red. I'm like feeling so exposed. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh God, yes, that's me. That's what I do. Yes. Well, and one of the core fears of the type three is being exposed. Yes. <laughs> I know. So I try to tread lightly when I'm doing all this stuff because I'm like, I know, I got you. I know. I know. You're yeah. so good. You're so like full of wisdom. I've like loved I mean, I could just sit here and listen to you for like another hour. Yeah, it's um, so fun. Gosh. Yeah, and so each of those 45 courses is yeah. for a specific couple type. So like there is the type five and type three couple type course or the nine and the, the seven or the eight and the eight. There's couples out there that are eight and eight. Wow. Um, and so it really is just showing and walking you through the different dances of conflict, communication style, family mm -hmm. of origin, mm -hmm. and then becoming your best selves together. Mm -hmm. And we just walk through all of that with each of the types. And it's, it really, people say kind of like here, mm -hmm. like, do you have a camera in our house? You know? And it's like, no, I just know the patterns of operating for yeah. these types when they're misaligned and then when they're aligned. So we're trying to not expose in a shameful way what it's like when they're misaligned, but just so that they have the awareness. Um, but then to show them the hope of an aligned relationship based on what gospel truth has for us. Mm. Okay. I have a, a parenting question for you. At what point can we start to see this, come out in our kids yeah. like, is there a certain age I know it's not gonna be the same for everybody but right um yeah I mean that's a great question I started learning about the Enneagram in 2001 when my kids were one and three so I've been using it for a really long time um and it's really hard and I know some parents will disagree it's really hard to find your kids type um because it's about those core motivations mm -hmm. and we really cannot know someone else's internal world we can guess all we want we see a lot of outward behavior so again like the three of us we might have the most pristine home and someone can go in and say oh you must be a type one because everything is perfect and it's like no i did it for these reasons mm -hmm. so you know with my son i thought you know i'm seeing well you can kind of eliminate some you know just kind of maybe not cross them off completely, but put them to the side. Like I knew my son wasn't most likely a five or a four or an eight um, and most likely not a seven. And, but what I did see a lot in him was some six qualities, some one qualities and some two qualities. Um, and they would pop up at different times. And so one time when he was about nine, I saw him doing something for a kid and I said, okay, did you do that because it was the right thing to do, the helpful thing, or the loyal thing? And he was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't know. You know, he can't yeah. nuance his heart like we can. So, 
of course, I just took that as God's graciousness to say, be patient, be a student of your kid. Don't just try. And it's not like putting them in a box is wrong, mm-hmm. but wait for him to reveal himself to you. Just keep being a student. So I just held some of these numbers loosely. And the main thing you want to focus in on is that we all have a core longing. This is the message your heart longs to hear. Mm-hmm. And if you can deliver that to your kid yourself, that's amazing. But the most important thing is to show them how Christ has satisfied that. Now, we don't, if we don't know what our kid is, well, tell them all the core longings. You know, like Christ satisfied the ones in this way and the twos in this way because they're all true for all nine of us. But one, it kind of reigns supreme. It's this like last locked door in our soul. We think, oh, I, I just long for this, but I can't find it. And we can't on earth but Christ has. So my answer to that is be curious, watch, observe, um, try different things out, you know, based on the different types, talk to your kids. The more you demonstrate your own emotional awareness um, with your children, the more they're going to understand that language and be able to nuance their own heart. So uh, Nate ended up being a six, but we didn't know that until he was about 13 or 14. And he's an old soul. So, you know, he's the type of kid around this all the time. And so it was, it was about that age. So I would say it's kind of sometimes the earliest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our daughter, I thought, might be a nine, maybe a two, because she demonstrated a lot of me. And this is where I really want people, our parents, to hear. So here I've been in the Enneagram for years. At this point, she was 14 or 15, and I've been into it that almost that many years. Very well versed in it. And, I, and she looked a lot more like me than a two. Well, she took the test and it popped up as two is the highest. And I was like, really? Like, like, why don't you read it? And let's just be sure. And she was reading it and she's like, oh yes, this is so me. And I was like, really? And what was interesting is as a two, you know, she wants to be the supporter, the nurturer, the, and twos want to be loved and connected. So she was basically mirroring me most of her life Mm. so that she could get the nurture and the appreciation and the love from me. Now, she's not necessarily thinking that the whole time, mm-hmm. but that's just how her personality style was. But once she started becoming those teenage years, she's okay with conflict. She's okay with pushing in the envelope. She's okay with inserting her life into other people's lives to help them. And if that stirs conflict, that's okay because she knows th- these people need their help. And I'm thinking, oh, as a nine, I could never do that. You know, like I'll ask hey, do you want some help? And so it was just really eye-opening to me as people ask this question to just give them that insight that sometimes our kids are absorbing the world. I do believe we're born our type, but they're absorbing the world. They're seeing all the things. And the different types are going to react to growing up in a different way than maybe what you would expect, kind of like that. Like she was really trying to merge with me to get the love and affection she was looking for. But then that personality, usually in the teenage years, pops up and then the parents are like, wait a second, you haven't been like this. And so the parents get anxious and worried. And I'm like, okay, settle down. Let's just figure out their type. And then you can move into their world with the love and the attention they're longing for. That's so good. I wish you guys could see us. We're like nodding our heads, just like absorbing <laughs> yes, all the information. Yes. Yeah. I don't have a teenager yet. I'm close. And I'm like, can you do you do a course on teenagers? We will someday, but <laughs> okay. not yet. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to need that in my life. Yeah. Well, we talk a lot about just having a non-anxious presence mm-hmm. as a parent. And that's mm-hmm. so hard because really we're just anxious all the time. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. But if we recognize, okay, they are really gods. I honestly don't know what's going on, basically. You know, like, I can see their out- outer world, but mm-hmm. I don't know their inner world as much as I would like. Even if I have kids that are pretty open there's still things I'm not going to know. And my kids are in their twenties now. And yeah. they were like, yeah, I didn't tell you about this or that. And we have, we have a really close relationship. And I'm like, oh man, I could have like really 
helped you or known or, or done something. But each of them have to kind of walk through their own life. But if I can have a non-anxious present, trusting the Lord mm-hmm. and listening, hearing them, being a part of their life whenever things come up, that's going to mean a lot more to them than like, you know, getting all upset and, you know, what, why didn't you know, you know, I, I should have, you know, been there. Why did you do that? That's only going to send them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So if we know ourselves and what activates us, then if we do our own work, our kids are going to see that and they're going to approach us because we're much more safer in that place than mm-hmm. if we haven't done our work, we're much more reactive. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's good. Awesome. Do you have any more questions, Kathy? I, I have so many, um, <laughs> but we, <laughs> we need a follow-up episode. I know, right? I know. Can you be on season two? <laughs> well, thank you, Beth, so much for joining us today. You definitely opened our eyes more to what the Enneagram is and just um, how we can use it just as a gospel-powered, centered thing um, to glorify the Lord. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for listening to As You Go. If you like what you're listening to, be sure to subscribe, hit that five-star button, and share with your friends.